Hi, this is Jennifer Donna. I'm the director of YoungFemaleEntrepreneurs.com, and you're watching Young Female Entrepreneurs, the weekly live stream that we do here in the Ovalai TV studio every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Make sure you stay tuned through this entire show because we have a fun announcement. We have some awesome updates, and we're speaking with Jordana of Embarkability. It's going to be an awesome show. Like I said, full of enthusiasm, and she's going to get you motivated and inspired to uh, reach new heights in your business, or maybe even just start up in the first place. So, welcome onto the show, Jordana. Thank you so much for for coming. Of course, of course, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and get straight into it because you've got uh, embarkability, right? Yes. Yes. So, what exactly does embarkability mean? For the first question, I guess I think that's a good one. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, um, you know, in coming up with a name for that company, it was definitely a very interesting experience. Um, I remember sitting on my couch with two of my interns at the time, and we were like, what should we call this? Um, And when it came down to it, I I was like, well, what is it that I really want to convey? And what is it that I really want to help people do? Um, And I wanted people to feel, um, I, I kind of see embarking as, moving forward and taking a risk and taking uh, a leap, whether it's a leap of faith or just a leap of action and ability in the sense of um, being able to believe in yourself and that you have the ability to, to take that action. So yeah, as far as that, yeah, yeah, no, that was fantastic. Well, I was looking at it and like embarkability, that's not something you say too often. Now I'm going to embark on a journey. I'm going to embark on something. So I think that's a really profound statement that you're embarking on X, Y, and Z. So, but before you started embarkability and the whole, the whole movement behind it, uh, you were actually 24 years old and starting Mm -hmm. a professional organizing company. So you went to college, started a business. What happened between graduating from college and being 24 and starting a business? Yeah, so great question. So I graduated in 04, and then for a year, I, I was an English major in college. And for I really didn't I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I I thought that I'd probably take the English major route and end up doing some kind of magazine something. But I really wasn't ready to commit to that, and I wasn't ready to go to grad school. So with that in mind, I went abroad for the year <laughs> because I thought that that would just be a really convenient way to buy time, and that. I don't know. I figured that a year from then, I would know what I was going to do. So I go abroad for the year. Um, I go to Israel to volunteer. And now it's a year later, and I still don't really know what to do. Um, And the job market was still probably okay. But um, after three months of not being able to get a job in the magazine. This was um, 05, fall of 05. So after not being able to get a job for three months in the magazine sector, I said, you know what, I just need to, to do something. So I took a job as, a, as an admin at a nonprofit, and I was there for a year, knowing that it was just going to be 
a year situation. And then I said, okay, like time to leave and, and get the show on the road. So I left and I started working at Child Magazine um, right before it folded, actually. And then I started writing for New York Family Magazine uh, as a freelance writer to grow my portfolio. And I guess my intention was to ultimately then secure a job as an editorial assistant in the magazine world in Manhattan. But what had happened was that I guess now, so now we're in winter of 07. And I decided because I was freelance writing that I'd go to my mom's house in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm in New York. She's in Pennsylvania. And I said to myself, you know, I'm going to probably get a job in the next few months. I'm not going to be able to spend so much time with my mom um, or at least a, a month-long period of time. Let's take advantage of this and, and go on a little vacation to Pennsylvania. So I went to Pennsylvania for the month and I did my freelance writing projects, but it didn't take a long time. And what I started doing was organizing the entire house. <laughs> and with no intention of anything, aside from the fact that I liked it, I had done it before and, you know, no big deal. But because I was there for such a long time, um, I organized a lot more. And at one point during the, the time that I was there, my mom says to me, you know, why don't you start your own business? And, you know, what I say to a lot of people is that nine out of 10 times when your mom says something, you don't necessarily listen to her, or whether she's right or not, you don't really listen or you don't listen as quickly as might be in your best interest. But for whatever reason, whether it was because the stars were aligned or I was vulnerable enough or just ready to take any level of advice, I said, you know what? Okay, sure. Because at that point, what had happened was that writing was great, but it really wasn't fulfilling me. And I really wanted to help people and, and work one-on-one -on -one with people and really feel like I was making a difference. And organizing gave me that. So as scary as it was, because I didn't know the first thing about entrepreneurship at all, like absolutely beyond clueless um, <laughs> in a very scary way, actually. But uh, I said to myself, you know, the, the idea of feeling purposeless indefinitely uh, is a lot scarier than, than, you know, not knowing anything about entrepreneurship. Because it had been years at this point, or at least felt like years, where I kept saying to myself, what am I going to be when I grow up? And, and reading these books that I thought would give me these answers and writing all these lists of pros and cons. So um, I felt like I was really being thrown a rope and, and I just grabbed it. Well, so that's the big difference between you and others that I've spoken with because they're in I, the, what you described. It sounds like thousands and thousands of other girls right now are going through the exact same experience where they they had this purpose in college and they said, I want to do this. Well, they graduate and the, in, re, in reality, that's just not something that they're going to be able to do, especially like getting jobs that, you know, are writing for a magazine or being a PR coordinator. And so um, they are definitely considering entrepreneurship, but th having that full-time job looking for that is still something that they're fully committed to. So what was it that what was the first step, I guess? Did you basically send out an email to a friend and say, hey, would you pay me to do this for you? I mean, what was the first step in saying, I'm going to do this and sure, telling yeah. other people, I guess? So the first thing, so I was 24 at the time and I felt like I didn't really have any professional credibility. Um, you, I mean, still to this day, there you can't go to 
graduate school to be a professional organizer. And my mind, I think at that point, and I think a lot of people's minds are are kind of like, okay, I graduate college. And then if I want to expand my horizons and expand my skill set, I'm going to go to grad school. So I guess I first maybe just double checked that grad school didn't give a professional organizing degree, but <laughs> that was confirmed. Um, I think I just started Googling some level of certification because I really did not feel confident and that I had any sort of foundation um, to start a professional organizing business. I know that at, at the time when I at least started, most professional organizers were um, in their 40s um, or 50s. It was a second career for them. And they um, their credibility came from the jobs that they had before or just like life experience. And sure, I, I knew how to organize and I didn't really doubt that ability. But from a professional standpoint, I felt like I wanted that backing. So I Googled professional organizing certification and I ended up going out to Utah for five days and got certified as a professional organizer by a company. So that was, I guess, step one. And then, so that was spring of 07. I did that. And then um, by fall, I started working with clients and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing in the like I had I had no idea what I was doing I was I was like the blind (laughs) was just like fumbling um so I just did anything you know I sent out announcements I looked on Craigslist you know I I really had I I was like a fumbling mess and and that's cool you know um it took me a lot longer to get to where I wanted to go than I feel like it had to and that's why I'm really so into helping other women now because I don't I feel like what took me 3 years can take people 6 months um and why waste those 3 years so well and it's funny because before you had to be a certain kind of person I feel like to be an entrepreneur to go out and work for yourself there was there was a a financial risk that you put in 20 or 30 years ago when there, the internet wasn't available and you had to, and, you know, professional organizing might not have been a profession you could have taken on. Um, and nowadays, so you don't necessarily have to have that bug in your system to start that. It might just be out of necessity. So what is your advice to someone that was in your shoes and uh, they just they need to do something basically, and they have a passion, and they want to get started. Would your advice be to go get certified, or would it be to um, to just start working with people? Yeah, you know it's very interesting. Um, I needed to do the certification at the time for myself, um, but what I've learned over the years is that. While it's important to really master your trade, I think people too often spend way too much time mastering the trade as opposed to mastering how to be an entrepreneur. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, a big a big part of your uh, your story when you were saying it is something. There's something about confidence, a confidence issue, in that when you go you go and get going, you look at what's happening with the other women in the room. So, what do you do within your program within Embarkability that helps women gather? get the confidence that they need to have in order to get be an there. entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, I think it comes down to really getting clear on what your goals are because once you get really clear on what you're heading towards and what your real big why is, you get so jazzed up about it that confidence kind of builds through that. So I think that's one branch of it. Um, when you get so excited about something, um, that kind of compensates for the lack of maybe actual experience at the time. 
Um, and then, you know, the next thing in terms of confidence is just diving in. You know, we can talk, it's kind of like swimming, right? You know, you can talk about how big the pool is and you can talk about, you know, what water might feel like and you can dip your toe in, but like you can't learn how to swim without getting in the water. <laughs> so, you know, so really like confidence is built by using the muscle. I do like, I like that analogy because I mean, you have your mom or your dad there coaching you on saying you can do this, this is how you do it and helping you survive. And so, and when you look at it in that sense, having someone there, having a coach or a program participating in one really does make sense. Now, when you, you actually did an article not too long ago um, in the Daily Love and it was all about how to start a business almost for free, basically. Totally. On a zero budget is what you yeah. said. Totally. Uh, so are there any, out of the tips that you gave there, is there one big thing that you think would help someone that is starting literally with a zero budget that have has been unemployed for the last six months that you, that would get them set up? Sure. So um, let's see. There are a lot of things that I said. <laughs> so here's the thing. You know, people complicate it for themselves and they they kind of forget the simplicity behind everything. So the first step is to, of course, figure out what your goals are and to figure out, okay, you know, how much do you want to make? How much time can you spend towards this? And who do you want to help? And how do you want to help them? And what I always recommend, if you want to start a business on a close to zero budget, you're going to want to start a service-based business because a product-based business or a business in retail is going to cost a lot more in terms of overhead and inventory. So that's just something to consider. Um, you need a lot more capital when it comes to those other kinds of businesses. So I always recommend a service-based business to start with. And, um, and then there's, I mean, there's lots of things. The, the best thing to do once you get really clear on who, you first need to get really clear on who you're helping and how you're helping them. But once you get clear on that, it's really a matter of telling everybody you know in a, in a very massive way. And then... <laughs> Really, like I think people that you know, people kind of think that they're going to tell everyone, but then they kind of don't tell everyone because they're scared what people might think, or you know, are, are they going to think that I'm, I'm bothering them or whatever? I mean, people's mindsets get in the way, but the more people you tell, it's kind of like a probability thing, right? So if you tell a thousand people, you know, maybe two hundred will be interested, but if you tell five hundred people, maybe only a hundred. So like the more people you tell the more likely you'll get a client. It's, it's really as simple as that. So um, if you make a commitment, and, and the thing is it doesn't even have to be people you know. It can be, you know, let's say you're a massage therapist. Well, um, as a massage therapist, your client, your ideal client might also work with an acupuncturist or a yoga instructor or a personal trainer or whatever else. So then what you do is that you Google personal trainers in your location and you start networking with them and you start connecting with them. And all of this is free. <laughs> it's totally free and it just requires a computer. So, all right, since we're on the topic of marketing and getting the word out, and I think you brought up a lot of interesting points right now because I'm kind of at a, at a crossroads within my own company where I'm thinking lately I haven't been talking about it that that often. I used to post it on Facebook, do all sorts of crazy stuff, and it's been interesting to see the feedback. I meet with people that I used to talk to, communicate a lot with about what's happening within my company, and they actually ask me, they're like, what's going on with you? Why, why are you telling us what's going on? And so it's been, that's been a fun twist of stuff um, recently as far as marketing for me personally, but I do like that. I think that's a great reminder that you really should be telling everyone you know about what it is that you're doing, especially because it's in 
something that you love to do. Now, You've been quoted as far as within your own marketing strategy about saying that it's really important for you to follow up with people to make sure that you're constantly in contact with um, past clients, potential clients. Do you have a certain system that you've you've really put into practice? Yeah. So you know, um, I the first system I use, which I actually don't use currently, um, but I recommend to people, is High Rise, which is um, a website. Dot com and it's a really great contact database and it's very user friendly and you can assign tasks to people so I was using that a lot and that was great but for my own I'm the type of person that really needs to see everything in front of me and though everything was accessible through high rise I couldn't see it all in front of me so um, it wasn't working to the degree I needed it to work so now what I just do is I have this uh, massive spreadsheet with lots of different tabs. And, you know, so I have one tab for prospective clients and then I have one tab for clients and then I have one tab for people um, that I want to connect with and then another tab for people that I've connected with but I want to keep in touch with. Um, and that that spreadsheet is, is it's through Google Docs so I can access it anywhere and it's always open. So um, I'm constantly always um making it a point to, to I, just because it's always open, it's in front of my face. It's like unavoidable. So I basically you create a plan. So in terms of the people that I want to keep in touch with, I'll once a month, I'll shoot an email and just say, hey, checking in. How are you doing? How can I help you? Um, and with clients, it's different. But um, because, you know, certain people need to be reached out to at certain points, but then I'll mark it in my calendar, you know, reach out to, to Jane Smith in two weeks and then I'll do that. But it's really a matter of, um, of making that a priority. And I think what's very interesting is that I don't think that it's not that people don't want to follow up or don't know how to follow up. It's that they think that they're, they're being pushy when they're really being persistent. I like that because I do, I don't want to bug people because I know I'm like, Oh, they're busy. I know I'm busy. I don't, I wouldn't want that. But yeah, I think persistence versus pushy. That's a great distinction. Now, um, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you about you're getting married. Yes. Congratulations. Best wishes. Whatever you're supposed to say now. <laughs> it's a very, very exciting time planning a wedding. And we've talked to a few young female entrepreneurs that are doing that exact thing right now. And they've all just it's an overwhelming process because you want to be full in and excited and, you know, putting your creativity into planning a wedding, but you also want to add, you know, focus your creativity in building your business. So how do you balance that? Um, so a few things. Number one, we, um, we have a 14 month engagement. So I don't know what the average engagement is, but that's given us more than enough time to get everything done. Um, Another thing is that, you know, you're not getting, you're not in it alone. You're getting married to someone. So, <laughs> so my fiance and I do it together. We don't, you know, it's not just all on me. Um, and then it's just keeping perspective about what really needs to get done, what's really important. And I think sometimes people get really uh, caught up in the whole wedding, but it's I, not, I mean, I'm excited to get married. I'm excited about our wedding, but it's just a wedding, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's like really bad that I'm saying that but like it's just a wedding and it's really just four or five hours of your life and it's lovely but but it's a wedding and you're not you're not getting married for the wedding you're getting married to get married and the wedding is just a party so I think that it's really just a matter of 
you know, being organized, being really like I have a spreadsheet of wedding stuff. Um, so it's really just a matter of being organized, being really clear on what needs to get done. And the great news is that there's beyond so many resources out there for um, for brides and, and grooms to, to get organized. So um, is that going to be an eventual maybe part of your business and helping brides get organized? I mean, that's that's an interesting idea. Uh, probably. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe if that came into play, but I I really think it's just a matter of keeping things in check. So, okay. I, there's some common threads here in everything that we've talked about, whether it's with school, with, um, building a business or with planning a wedding and that it seems like you're someone that has things put into perspective. You realize what your priorities are, what your values in life are, and you have a very clear idea of what that is. And then you're extremely organized, <laughs> which I think is something that seems more natural to you. Is that, right. is that true? I was also a professional organizer um, in practice for three plus years. So um, if I was organized before then, I got really organized after. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just to nicely sum things up, because Embarkability is a big program for you. That's something that you've really put all of your focus into. So as far as organization goes, does, that pro- does your program go over that at all and how to get organized, how to how to put everything into perspective, how to how to map stuff out? So that's a great question. So when I work with clients, it's three modules. And the first one is to clarify your goals. So it's really about getting really clear about how much money you want to make, how much time you want to be spending with your clients and who you want to be working with and how you want to be helping them. And until we really get clear on what those four components are, we're not going to move forward. So I kind of see that as as being organized. And then the next step is to create a plan. And the plan is extremely organized in the sense that it's a six-month goal that we break into monthly goals, that we break into weekly goals, that we break into daily goals. So um, so what happens, what I hear a lot with my clients or with people that I'm speaking with is that they don't know where to put their energy. And there's so many things that they could be doing that when they have like two hours to spare, where should they be putting their energy? So we create a plan for them so that it's really, really clear um, when they have those two hours, how they can best use it. That sounds fabulous right now. <laughs> I wish someone would just do that for me. But um, <laughs> so uh, where can we find you online so that everyone can follow up and make sure that they, I think there's, you have the opportunity to book time with you too, right? So um, if you want to chat with me, um, I'd love to speak with you. I offer complimentary uh, sessions. And if you want to do that, you can go to Jordana Jaffe dot genbook.com so that's j-o-r-d-a-n-i-j-f-f-e dot g-e-n-b-o-o-k dot com so you're more than welcome to do that Um, my website is embarkability it's currently experiencing some technical difficulties but it should be up and running in the next 24 to 48 hours Um, and we're also on facebook and twitter and i'd love to connect with you awesome Thank you so much for being on the show. Like I said, you guys, make sure that you connect with her because I follow her on Facebook and on Twitter. And it's always, I love all the positive stuff that you put out there. And I think you're a great role model for young women. Um, So wishing you the best of luck. And I'll definitely uh, stay in touch and find out what happens with the wedding and embarkability and everything that you do. 
Definitely, definitely. Thanks, Jen. All right. Thank you. So everyone, you've been watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream. And thank you so much for all of your patience through the show. Uh, we had a great time talking with Jordana. Make sure that you follow up with her. Book some complimentary time. Get those or uh, those goals organized. Get your priorities set straight. Uh, and show up next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, where we will have a new live stream set up for sure. We're very excited about it. It's going to be super cool. So make sure that you show up next Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com slash live and register for YFECon um, at yfecon.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.